What's up, listeners of the Calvary Cast? We are back, episode 125, coming to you on the last day of January, and it's 60 degrees outside. Almost. Yes, it is. That's observant of you. I am. I can't believe I'm took back, though, by 125 episodes. It's an astounding number. It is. We it are, is. We're pros at this by now. We are. And the, we have a guest in here we have today. A guest. We'll introduce in a minute. We'll introduce her in a minute. And after she, our banter. After our banter. She doesn't know. We didn't tell her this. She's on the number one podcast of a Bible church from Grand Junction, Colorado. That's right. The number one Bible church podcast in Colorado. That's Grand crazy. Junction, Grand Colorado. Junction. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a bigger one in Colorado. Maybe somewhere. Mesa County? Maybe we could say Mesa County. Number one Bible church podcast. <laughs> if we have enough caveats, <laughs> we right. can be number one at something. So anyway, yeah, we do have a guest on our podcast today. We have Jamie Gallup, who is the director of the Pregnancy Center here in Grand Junction. Now, are you the full di- you or you split the, the director duties there? Yeah, so I'm technically the center director, okay. and then I have a new client services director named Betty Joe, and she okay. is fabulous. Cool. Yes. Cool. Well, we wanted to bring you on to talk about the ministry of the Pregnancy Center, something that our church supports and that a number of ladies in our church serve in. Uh, talk about the ministry of the Pregnancy Center, but more than that, just talk about the pro-life movement and uh, why Christians should be pro-life. For some reason, that's controversial. Uh, yeah, I, I won't go to a rabbit trail. I just was <laughs> tempted to go down in my mind, but I won't do that. Uh, can we start maybe just introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, you've kind of told us a little bit about your role at the Pregnancy Center. How long have you served there? What is the Pregnancy Center? Yeah, so I am Jamie. Um, I have been with the center for eight years. I just started my ninth and I worked my way up all the way from the bottom, just folding clothes in the back that people think is not a big job, but it truly is. And I tell those ladies in the back, like, you guys are the true rock stars because they sort hundreds of clothes. Um, My husband and I have been in Grand Junction um, since we were married, and that was 15 years ago, going on 16. Yeah, that's awesome. And like I was telling you guys, it doesn't feel like a big feat, but in today's culture, it <laughs> truly is. It's above, it's above average at yes. this point. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it is. Um, and then we also adopted twins out of Mesa County Foster System. They mm. will be 13 this spring, and looking forward to that and just watching them grow into to beautiful men and women of Christ. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, okay. Why did you get involved with ministry of the pregnancy and anything, I mean, with that? Yeah. So because I adopted kids out of the foster system Mm. and I felt like the church is kind of missing in Mm. that arena a little bit, it's definitely showing up more than when we adopted 12 years ago. And so I was like, Lord, how do I speak to mothers before they get to this situation? And so God just really started stirring in my heart the pregnancy center. Um, I worked for somebody at the time who was like, you know, you should go volunteer at the pregnancy center. It sounds like your heart is for that. Um, And I put in an application and I've been there ever since. Mm. And God has truly molded and worked on my heart for the unborn um, and adoption and not just the unborn, but the mother as well. And that we need to teach our mothers how to be mothers and our fathers how to be fathers so that they can... Mm 
create a good family at home before yeah. they end up in the foster system. That's good. So, yeah, that's yeah. really good. Uh, what's the history of the pregnancy center? How long has it been around? 40 years. Wow, that's awesome. Wow. Yes. So 40 years this year, we are so excited to celebrate. We've been through a couple of buildings. I feel like we're finally at our, our settled. settled spot. Yep. God is going to do really big things, and I can't wait to share that later on in the podcast. Yeah, no, that's really <laughs> cool. Um, so just a little bit more briefly about the Pregnancy Center. One of the things that I think is really neat, it's a speci- it is a evangelical organization. Yes, we are based on the gospel. Yeah, um, we do have multiple denominations within us, but if you can't sign our statement of faith, yeah, um, then we just have to agree to disagree yeah. and and say you can pray for us, yep. Yep. <laughs> and we love your support. But to be in, you have to be based on Jesus. And I think that's that's critical because the pro life issue is a gospel issue. Yes, you know? amen. Yeah. And and you're doing counseling and all those things. And ultimately, you know that the only hope that a mother or father has is found in the gospel. Yeah. And if we've got, you know, Mormons, <laughs> Catholics, people that don't believe the same gospel trying to share that, they're going to be led astray. So I think I'm encouraged by that. You may not know, um, and that would be okay, but the history of that, if it started 40 years ago and it is an evangelical institution, like how did that... Who started it in Grand Junction? Do you know? Yeah. So I actually have been doing my homework because it's our 40th year and we want to have a big celebration. Um, I'm going to name drop another church, but Redlands yeah. Community um, in in the Redlands was pretty yeah. big in starting the Pregnancy Center. It was just a group of women who wow. came together after the Roe versus Wade decision. We're like, what can we do here right. in our local community to minister to women? Because that's truly where you're changing lives. Right. It's not shouting from a street corner. Yeah. Well, there are good things that come out of that. Yeah. The one-on-one ministry is truly where yeah. the pro-life is mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's powerful. And that speaks too to the idea of uh, the importance of the local churches. Amen. Yes. And their involvement and things mm-hmm. like this. So I think that's great. Good. Um, so can you talk just for a minute while we're on the topic of the break, what, what is the ministry of the pregnancy center? I mean, I think most people think crisis, pregnancy, counseling, things like that, but it's a lot more than just that. Okay, Graham, we don't use crisis anymore. <laughs> okay. That's right. I see. Thank you for correcting me. Maybe we'll title this. We don't use crisis pregnancy anymore. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because what we truly know is that it may be a crisis to her, but to God, right. it's not a crisis. Exactly. And it was absolutely planned. Um, and Mary didn't have a crisis pregnancy. Right. She, God planned that. And so um, go back to your original question. Sorry, I just wanted to correct that language. That's yeah, part yeah. of my goal this year, too, is yeah. to make sure that in the pro-life world, we're all using right. the, the correct terminology no, that's now. that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. No, but so what is the what is the ministry? Mission. What kind of things do you guys do at yeah. the Pregnancy Center? So our base base is to reach the abortion-minded woman before mm-hmm. she gets to Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Like, we want to make sure that she is making an educated, informed decision. And so before I talk about all the extras that God has put in our path to help serve people after they choose life, the heaviness is the client that we want to walk through our door is the abortion-minded client. And we want to minister to her and not manipulate, and we want to speak the truth in love because we ultimately know that a wound from a friend can be trusted and we want to be their friend and we want to share, you know, love and truth with her. Right. 
uh, speaking the truth in love means saying things they may not want to hear, but they need to hear. And yeah. That, that's what you're doing. Definitely. And definitely not in a manipulative way. You know, if you come to our center and tour, which I encourage everybody to come to her, uh, maybe we can set up a church yeah, tour and, and just open it up to you guys. But on, on the side that we're talking to her, we don't have baby materials. Like we Hmm. don't want to hang a picture of a baby. We're Hmm. not showing her pictures of what her baby looks like unless we ask permission um, because we want to build a relationship where she trusts us and get to that point where we can um, speak into her life. But then we also ask her questions that bring her logic brain back to working because right Mm. now she's emotional Mm. and we know we all probably have made decisions in our emotional brain and we're like, once we come out of it, we're like, why did we make that choice? Or why did we say that? (laughs) And so that's what I tell my clients. I'm like, at least give it 48 hours and, and work through some educational things before you make that decision. Hmm. So that, that would be uh, important because yeah, I can imagine, you know, you've just found out you're pregnant Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. oh no, I wasn't planning for this. Yeah. And I just, I'm going to, well, I just need to go get an abortion and get this taken care of. And that's not thinking properly. And part of, part of the battle with that, isn't it? That the culture is telling her, um, just generally speaking, that an abortion is a very viable option and you should be considering this, right? I mean, isn't that part of what the mentality that you're battling when somebody comes in? Yeah. They believe what they coin as unpregnant. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just going to make this choice and I'll be unpregnant. Mm -hmm. And With so no yeah. consequences for you Correct. or the child inside you. Correct. Yeah. And so they are confused. And, and that's why we exist is to say, hey, there's actually no such thing as being unpregnant. Mm-hmm. Like the relief that you're looking for is not coming through this decision. Mm-hmm. It's actually going to compound that anxiety and trauma that you're trying to escape mm-hmm. right now. And so it's my job to tell you that that's what could happen and be here if you make the wrong choice and to make sure that my arms are still open wide and you can come running back six months, 20 years, 50 years later and know that you're still going to find grace and love and mercy. So the, the main client that's walking through the door you're looking for is the abortion minded mom and giving them resources and information counsel to help them make an informed decision. Uh, But you do more than that. Mm -hmm. The other part I think that, that goes with that because well, you're saying your counsel, um, you can't just be unpregnant if you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. A lot of your ministry has to do with post-abortion, correct? Correct. The, there's post-abortion Bible studies. Could you talk a little bit about that and even and even the effects of the, an abortion? Because this is not something that's talked about much, mm-hmm. the effects of an abortion on the mother. Yeah. So let's first talk about the effects and then I'll talk about the recovery. Yeah. Um, the effects are similar to PTSD. Um, it's, it's equivalent to death and trauma and it's not just death of her unborn child, but it's actually death of something that she created and, and it happens in men too. So it, it's called post-abortive syndrome. Um, it's a real thing. Uh, we have a, a, a program that says if you can answer yes to any of these questions, then you are at risk to have severe mental Um, trauma after your abortion. So like, let's talk about each of these. And so um, it can be drug abuse, alcohol abuse, failed relationships, um, trouble sleeping at night, a lot of things similar to PTSD, which most people are aware of because of um, like the war in Iraq, you know, that became Mm -hmm. really big with Mm -hmm. people who were coming back. 
So we um, strongly believe that Jesus came so that we might live abundant life mm-hmm. and that there is a another person out there trying to steal, kill, and destroy. So how do we help those people who have already made that decision mm-hmm. that maybe didn't feel educated or were still under Satan's lie when they made that decision mm-hmm. and once they came out, um, we want to help them get freedom. And that's what our post-abortion recovery is. It is truly a Bible study. Um, we don't tout it as a Bible study because we want people who just regret their decision to Mm. come in, um, and be able to still share the gospel with them because that's the true healing. It's not anything that they're going to do. Um, it's the forgiveness in Jesus and him dying on the cross. So I I would think that for some of these women, they may be experiencing those, uh, PTS, uh, symptoms and not initially be able to connect maybe why they're experiencing that because what they did they thought was okay but i'm sure as they do it as they have the abortion and 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 later on there's a there's a sense of this was not right almost like a that inner conscience that god has given everybody this was not right this was unnatural um and then that creates part of it and maybe even too i'm thinking of women who down the line, all of a sudden start thinking about what they did years ago and have problems. I don't know if you encounter anything like that. But. Yeah. So I tell my clients and, and people that I'm talking with, everybody at some point in their life has to come to terms with the value of life. Mm-hmm. Now, that could be a death of a parent. Mm-hmm. It could be um, like maybe your own near-death experience. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could be having an abortion and mm-hmm. 10 years later realizing what that value of life is. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Um, and I think that that's where the pregnancy center comes in is like, hey, we're not judging you. We want you to come get freedom. We understand like mm-hmm. people have made yeah. choices yeah. that that they didn't understand that they were making. Right. And so, yeah, that's, and we do feel right now that God is just really calling people out of the darkness. Mm. Like we have a story of a gal who hadn't shared with, in 30 years with someone that Mm. that had happened. And Mm. she literally stopped dead in her tracks and was like, I have to tell someone and I have to tell them now. Um, So that's how quickly too, that it can happen. Like the realization of oh, I have to tell someone, I have to get repentance and healing from this. And then now she's using her story in a big, big way. Mm. Um, And so God wants to do that for everyone. So the the post-abortion recovery ministry, the Bible study, that's not just for a woman who just had an abortion, right? That could be 30 years down the road. So even uh, maybe ladies in our church that have had abortions years ago and regret that and such— would that be a place for them to go and to process through some of those things? Yeah, absolutely. And that is our goal with the churches. So our relationship with the church is not only to bring women who are passionate about pro-life, mm. but to say, hey, pastors, you do have women because they the statistics yep. have shown that four out of 10 women in church have had an abortion. And they're actually more afraid to come to terms with their abortion because of the guilt and shame when really like they're the ones that, that God really wants to use and be like, Hey, look, I busted out of this prison that I was in and now I can, I can help other women either through the pain of their miss or their abortion or, um, 
like I can I can live freely without that guilt and shame. Yeah, so that's and I think that's why you have to have the gospel to apply yes. in in those situations. Otherwise, what can you tell a person that's struggling with what they did? There's no good news apart from the gospel of you're forgiven in Christ and justified and all of those wonderful things that are part of the gospel that you can then yeah. apply to the situation. Yeah, a thousand percent. And our our recovery program is taught by women who have had abortions and now are living in freedom. That's great. Um, so they're not walking into a room full of people who are pro-life and judging they're walking in with people that love them just as much as as the next person and have felt their pain before yeah so yeah uh okay so counseling abortion-minded moms post-abortion recovery and and counsel any other things that the pregnancy center is doing yeah so there's three options when counseling uh, a gal that doesn't really know what to do with her pregnancy so the second one is adoption now we don't personally do adoptions, Mm -hmm. but we have resources and God has done awesome things in the last year. And we have been able to at least like set up meetings with an adoption specialist. Um, and that's what we tell them. Like just because you commit to educating yourself does not mean that that's the choice that you're making. It just means that you're becoming educated Mm -hmm. and we honor education that, that you're exploring your options. Um, and then if she does choose life, we're not the pro-life ministry that's like, save your baby and then goodbye. Right. <laughs> like we really want to walk alongside her. And we actually have switched this year to being um, appointment based because we mm. really, truly want to walk alongside her. Um, and so what that means is like during her pregnancy, um, she can come do uh, parenting classes, which is our pregnancy series. Yeah. She earns $250 to go, go towards any baby equipment that she might need, postpartum equipment. Um, And then after pregnancy, she is welcome to come into our center every four weeks, Mm. um, get support and resources. Maybe she's nursing and needs a support group. Uh, Then also we have diapers, wipes, formula, nursing supplies, maternity clothes. I mean, literally everything you can think of for a baby for the first year to 18 months of their life. Um, we have that support and we want to check in with them. We want to make sure they're sleeping at night. We want to make sure that there aren't any other resources. Um, and we have scaled back a little bit. Um, we were going all the way up to size 5T and we just don't have the space or the resources to manage that. And so we are um, trying to look for other resources to continue that after we are no longer able to help them. But again, we want to be picky. We want to make sure that they are um, grounded gospel-based places where it's just not another stop along the road, that they're truly getting their needs met. So uh, you you often hear a common trope, right, from uh, people that would be pro-abortion. Yes. And, well, you pro-life people, you don't really care because, (laughs) you know, as soon as the you're done picketing or whatever and the mom doesn't have the abortion, they're just squandering on their own. That's just not true. No, (laughs) it's not the reality with the pregnancy center here. Uh, It's not the adoption, right? Who's adopting babies? It's Christian. It's it's people with convictions like this. So uh, that all just puts that all. Well, this is also a good example of like the local church does have limitations in some ways. So Mm -hmm. so you have a local church that starts this pregnancy or is uh, is foundational starting this pregnancy Mm -hmm. center. 
recognizing that what's called a parachurch organization yes. can now focus on something that is really needed that the local church doesn't have enough volunteers or time to focus on, but their heart is for it. They see how important it is. And this is an example of how that relationship between local church and parachurch should look. It's They're focusing on something that the local church can give some attention to and we can support and we can send volunteers to, but to do it through our church would be really hard. And I, I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm teaching right now about the church and the importance of the church on our Sunday mornings, and that just connected with me. Just yeah. this is a good example of why the parachurch can be very helpful. And, a, and an example of how churches can come together on something that's like right. this that's a, a, cr- a crucial issue yeah. right. and pool resources for something like this. Because us and... Um, Redlands community and maybe life community where you go to church or whatever it is. But I, I'm thinking these are all churches that maybe we don't worship together on a Sunday morning or whatever, but we're, we're all united kind of in partnership on this issue. This issue yeah. yeah. And of helping the center. So, I mean, you guys are doing my job. Let's just cut out that soundbite, <laughs> send it to all the churches. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's my goal is to be able to yeah. to rally the troops from different places where people love to worship and are plugged in and allow them to use their specialized gift at the center if that's right. what they want to do. Right. Yeah. Have you? Let me ask this because... Uh, Graham hinted at this in the beginning, but then he didn't go off on his tangent <laughs> yeah. where I thought where he was going. When um, Roe v. Wade was overturned, mm-hmm. I would see comments from Christians on Facebook or or others just saying, we shouldn't be celebrating this. We need to be compassionate to the women who have battled with this decision and have either done the wrong thing or, the, you know, whatever it is. And I was like, no, my instinct is to say this comes from God. This is an answer to decades of prayer from God's people. But have has the center experienced um, any kind of uh, pushback or maybe uh, disconnect from certain, you don't need, need to name churches or anything, but churches or Christians because they said, what you're doing feels unloving and you're making people feel judged, so we don't want to really talk about that. Are you finding the churches in Grand Junction are willing to publicly and in a gospel way denounce abortion as sin and apply the gospel to it or whatever and talk about it or not? What are you finding in this community? We're finding in this community that a lot of times they'll silently support us, but they're not Mm. um, big about it. You Mm -hmm. know, they'll silently do it, but they're not going to do it from the pulpit or at an event um, in the bulletin. They want, they are on board with what we're doing, but not necessarily from like, let's rally around and stand shoulder to shoulder. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that, again, my, I've got big goals for this year and it Mm -hmm. starts with relationship and just sitting down and having conversation. And to me, because of the numbers of the church, it would seem that maybe those leadership have had experience in this realm of ministry that they're just not ready to talk about yet. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Or they're afraid of the the four and 10 in their congregation are all going to start raising their hand and they're actually not even prepared mm-hmm. to serve okay. them. Okay. And so I, I want to support those pastors and say, Hey, like how can we team up and, and become life affirming 
valley. Yeah, <laughs> that's no, my that's... goal. And, 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 and churches of all places, we should be the first people doing that. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But you like saw it. how little our pastor's it's lunch true. was, and it's we sent handwritten, hand delivered mm-hmm. yeah. notes. That's yeah. true. Well, that's something to pray mm-hmm. and and work towards. Uh, at Calvary, we're not afraid of supporting the pregnancy Amen. center. I know that. <laughs> we're, we're glad you're here. So that leads me to like maybe one final question about the ministry of the pregnancy center as a whole. But um, how can people in our church be more involved specifically? I mean, I, I'm assuming you're always looking for volunteers. So yes, we are. <laughs> we're actually at the point because God has been so good in the last year that we're looking for new opportunities for volunteers. So you have more volunteers than... <laughs> Wow, what a problem to have. Yes, like we're so thankful and and we'll put people to work. There's always clothes to wash, things to fold, blankets. Um, But, you know, we don't want them feeling like they're just washing clothes. And if their heart is to do more, then we obviously want to help them do more. So... Yeah, like we're we're praying about the different arms of ministries. We do have a campus ministry coming, and so that's mm, a new area cool. to serve. Um, we won't be on the campus as the pregnancy center um, because we we're shifting gears and we're kind of swimming upstream, and we want to connect with the college age girl and remind her her identity. You know, because we know in college they're away from their parents and they're trying to find community. So that's going to be a new place. Um, we also have men's ministry coming up, and we're we're making that more of a mentorship and a one-on-one, not in the center, not in the classroom, because that is not really men and their style. And so we're praying about that, and then. Um, we are hoping and just praying that we're going medical. So there, mm. I announced it. We Whoa. are going medical. Wow. Big <laughs> announcement on the Calvary cast. Yes. Yep. So what does that mean? Uh, that means that we will be able to provide ultrasounds wow. to our abortion-minded client. That's fantastic. And um, in Colorado Springs, we're close with them, and their statistics are 8 out of 10 women who see their child on an ultrasound, not even hearing the heartbeat, they choose life. If the mm-hmm. father comes, it jumps up to 97%. Wow. So that's, yeah. we're going to take background mm-hmm. with, with medical. That's really cool. We're not, God is yeah. going to, because mm-hmm. he's going to be the one revealing it to yeah. them. Wow. So that is really, yeah. really cool. Uh, I'm sure people can also give financially. Oh yeah. I always forget to an- <laughs> say that, but I'm like, God provides. Yep. And I say, if it's $15 a month, that's the two two fishes and five loaves, yep. right? God mm-hmm. knows what to do with it and we'll we'll honor the 15 and we'll honor the 15,000. Yeah. Right? right. So right. I'm assuming they could go to your website or something like that and find a way to set up a give or call. Yes. What's so the... Body of Church, when you go to our website, you're going to see get your abortion information here. Yeah. <laughs> That's because we want her to come to us. We do not provide a refer for abortion, right. but we want her to get her information. So when you go there, that is why that's there. You're giving a little caveat in case somebody goes <laughs> yes, to a pregnancy we center. Have had that. Yeah, and they're like, ah! Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yes. So yeah, they can click on support our work. Cool. And we'd love to have them join us as a supporter. Um, I always say, please come to her. I know I said that again, but please come to her because God has truly, truly blessed us with the building that we have. That's that's so. fantastic. Um, so I think, does that kind of generally summarize some of the ministry of the Pregnancy Center and some things like that? Um, what I kind of want to shift the conversation a little bit is, uh, I mean, abortion is a huge conversation mm-hmm. in our culture right now. Yes. And Jess mentioned earlier the overturn of Roe v. Wade, which was 
a year and a half ago now, yep. something Almost like that. Two. Yep. Almost two. And since that time, if you follow the pro-life movement at all, there's a lot of discussions within the pro-life movement about what we should be doing. But even more so, it actually seems like we've lost ground in individual states in terms of, of passing laws and different things like that. And, and I don't want to go into all of that, like, what do you mm-hmm. think about the Kansas decision <laughs> yeah. and all of that kind of stuff? But what I want to talk about is in Colorado and in Grand Junction, because it is, we, we don't use the term crisis for an abortion, but it is a crisis. It is a crisis yeah, in it's a genocide, right? <laughs> it's a genocide, exactly. So, first of all, just talk about in Grand Junction, we don't have abortion providers here. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. But they are. But they're willing to help. That's There are some providers that are willing to help, unfortunately. To make referrals in yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. And every time I drive through Glenwood, I pray. Yes. <laughs> An imprecatory prayer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> against, against the uh, Planned Parenthood that is so right there. You can't miss yeah, it. Yeah, you can't miss it. It's right on I-70. Yeah. Um, so what are what should Christians in Grand Junction... Um, and in Colorado, right? And Just in Colorado, understand, like, what is what's yeah? A, what's the lay of the land right now? So, in the state of Colorado, the law right now, as it reads, is you can have an abortion all the way up until day of birth. Um, if that abortion is failed and that baby survives, um, they do not have to give it life-saving measures for thirty days, which is called infanticide. Yes. Um, so it, it's pretty intense, and we are the top destination right now in the world uh, uh, for abortions. Was it two years ago when Colorado passed this law? It was last year, actually. Was it last year? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of the proponents of the bill said they want to make Colorado an abortion destination. Correct. And it's become that. Yes. Did you say the in the biggest destination in the world? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, there are other progressive states, but we're leading because wow. we're trying to actually make it a part of our constitution. Wow. Yeah. So Ohio did make it part of their constitution, um, but not as progressive as we are trying to make mm. it. Yeah. So. You mentioned something about at the, or we saw a video or something at the uh, pastor's lunch about Boulder. What yes. was so significant about Boulder, what's going on there? Yeah, so they have the late-term abortion facility, Mm. and they do six to eight, no, I'm sorry, eight to ten third-trimester abortions a week. Wow, that is just... Full-term babies Mm -hmm. being murdered. Yes. Babies that could survive Mm -hmm. outside the womb. Outside the womb. So Mm -hmm. these are third-trimester. Right. Um, pregnancies. And, you know, we were talking with the Boulder pregnancy director and we're like, oh, well, they've got to be like medical Mm -hmm. reasons that they're going. And it's not. It is my boyfriend broke up with me. I cannot have this baby. This is my option. And that's eight to 10 a week of those are happening. Correct. Yeah. And the majority of those are not medical because that would be the argument is like, well, these are met life threatening mm-hmm. situations to the mom or whatever, but it's, that's not, the that's case. not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. when we were at the, the pastor's lunch and a couple months back, you made, and, and I don't know how much you can speak to this or not, but you made reference to the state of the pro-life movement in Colorado. And if I remember correctly, it's basically non-existent as a statewide entity. 
Yes, but we're changing that. Okay, good, good. Can you maybe talk about that a little yes. bit? Yes, yeah. So last spring, um, again, the reason why we don't use crisis is because it puts a negative connotation. Sure. And we um, were not prepared for the bills that were coming down yes. the pipe last year. And so as there are 52 pregnancy centers actually in the state of Colorado, oh, wow. and we need to join forces. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're all from the like the outer skirts of cities, like we're, we have the majority of the voice, but we need to do better. And so we have started, um, a Colorado pregnancy care Alliance, um, coalition. Hmm. I'm actually on the board. Um, we're forming it. We're doing our bylaws this next month, actually. So we should be prepared for other laws to be coming out and we'll actually have a voice on Capitol Hill. That's fantastic. That that the pregnancy so if I wanted to go speak on Capitol Hill because we're a 501c3, I could put the pregnancy center of Grand Junction in a very sticky situation. Uh, interesting. And so that's that's the reason for this is because a lot of pregnancy centers like I really want to speak out, but with the state of Colorado, they'll come after they'll, you. they'll come after yeah. us and so mm-hmm. that's a scary thought. Um, so this is why we're we're forming the coalition. Uh, that's exciting to hear. Yes, that's really cool. And so I'll be we'll be looking forward to hearing more about that and uh, ways that we can be involved with that. Too. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's really this cool. I'll be able to pass on bills that are coming down that you can notify yes. your congregants about. That's not coming from the pregnancy center. It's coming from the coalition. So I will be able to actually inform you all at a higher level now. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Functioning as a sort of a lobby, letting us know yes, what's going on yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And so we can place little booties on on the people who are for us and and that aren't when they're making decisions. Yeah. You know, like yeah. and truly have a voice for us on yeah. Capitol Hill. Well, we will pray that the Lord is merciful and yes. and uh some of these horrendous acts are are stopped through this through this process. So with that, not to get too political, yeah. but there is some legislation coming down for changing our constitution. Hmm. And so church members and people who love life and yep. really love Jesus, because I fear the wrath of, of God yep. on our yep. our state if we don't yes. repent and turn in a different That's, direction. So be alert and hopefully in the next couple of months with, through the coalition, I can get that information great. out to you. I don't think that's too political. Okay. <laughs> I, no, I think that, that this is like we've talked about, this is a gospel issue. Yes. This is very much yeah. a gospel issue. And so, um, yeah, we can, we can speak boldly about that. Uh, okay. That kind of gives people, it's sobering to hear those statistics, to hear that Colorado is the destination in the world for abortions. Uh, and it kind of, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's very sobering. So I want to spend, I guess the last part of our podcast, if we could just talk about why are we pro-life? Because, uh, unfortunately this is becoming kind of controversial. Like Jess mentioned yeah. earlier, Roe v. Wade turns overturns and well, we should be compassionate. And like, I don't know if that's the best thing. Cause what about that's dumb, <laughs> you know, and there's a myriad of reasons, but I want to spend a few minutes just talking about why should Christians be pro-life. People in our church uh, will have family members, they'll have conversations with friends mm-hmm. about uh, abortion, you know, there's an apologetic element here. Um, why should Christians be pro-life? So just simple, we are made in the image of God, and yes. we reflect who God is, and if we don't find the value in that, then we really have lost 
really right. what we're here on earth for is because we're we're made to to serve him and to serve others. Right. Yeah. So, okay, so it just goes right back to like Genesis one. One right. right. <laughs> very basic. Yeah. The very basic uh creation of, of man and woman in the image of God and Amen. our purpose yeah. as human beings. Right. In this world. And and being made in the image of God, of course, James says, is what gives us our value, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, uniquely above the animals. And um, we have that value because we're made in the image of God. And he's there referring even to those who are, you know, not... We're, none of us are good people, but not even Christian people. Just all human beings are made in the image Amen. of God, and that gives all human being and that's value. That's a, a a position we must stake out and define whether others believe it or not, right? Because mm-hmm. that is, in essence, one of the arguments of of a person of a, a pro abortion person is. No, you're not made in the image of God. You're your God. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, is what what is going on there. But they might say then, and maybe you would an- answer mm-hmm. this. They would say, "Yeah, once they're born, that's true. But in the womb or uh, what have you, this is just a clump of cells, especially in the first, you know, <laughs> number of weeks or whatever." So, what is your response to that common objection? Yeah. So it's a. a its own individual DNA. Like I loved the question that you asked is science on our side. And Mm -hmm. it absolutely is because they have studied when conception happens, there's actually a flash of light. Mm. And to me, that's God. Like that's how can you argue that a flash of light is happening within another human being? Right. Yes. Um, in darkness, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost, I don't want to get too like mystical <laughs> yeah. here or whatever, but like God who created light out of darkness, darkness. you know, and yeah. then here's yeah. the same thing happening yeah. in, in, in a person, in a womb. Yeah. In a womb. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause people say it's a clump of cells, but we're all a clump of cells. Mm-hmm. I'm still a clump of cells. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a human being, a human being, a uh, clump of cells and embryologists are in agreement from what I understand. They are. Yes. They're in agreement on this. This yes. is a human being yes. at a different stage of development, Yes, but there's no doubt that it is a human being at that yeah. moment. I think uh, you, you mentioned that flash of light because at the moment the sperm hits the egg, right? There's a new genetic code and DNA Correct. structure that is created. Well, and that will never be created again yeah. and has never been created. That's fantastic. Yes. That's uh, yeah. that's really really yep. uh, really fantastic. Um, thinking about okay, so that's a that's just a scientific argument mm-hmm. for for that. Uh, I want to take it back to a biblical argument. Have you heard of Scott Klusendorf? He wrote I the, have, book, yes. the case mm-hmm. for life. Yes. So I've I've li- I haven't read his book, but I've listened to some. You podcasts. can check it out at the pregnancy center. Okay, yeah. maybe I will do that. <laughs> uh, Before but, you go on, is that the no, is that like the key book that should be recommended just basically for people on this issue or would there be yeah i would say that's a good foundational book but we have kind of a library so if you ever wanted to check out some others come see us yeah anyway i like his very like short syllogism or whatever you would call it he says premise one it is wrong to intentionally kill innocent human beings yes and i think almost almost everyone would agree with that statement. So he says, premise two, abortion intentionally kills innocent human beings. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the conclusion is abortion is morally wrong. wrong. Mm-hmm. How do you argue with that? The crickets. I need my yeah. cricket thing going on. <laughs> like, you can't. Yeah. Right? I think that's a very concrete thing, except for... Well, their... because then, too, if you could argue that, 
I mean, kids can be innocent exactly. till what, like five? Right. So are we going to kill kindergartners? Well, and this is where we're actually seeing the manifestation of yes. this play out yes. in the state of Colorado. We're committing infanticide. Yes. And a lot of this goes to Romans 1. And uh, as people are given over mm-hmm. to the wrath of God, they suppress the truth and unrighteousness, right? People will suppress that truth, even that very basic yes. premise because ultimately my wants, my desires trump whatever even nature is saying. We definitely live in the me culture. Yes, absolutely. So one other argument, I guess, that people often bring up is, well, it's the old one, my body, my choice, right? What do we, what do we do with that kind of argumentation? So I actually do use that language with my clients mm. in the, in the consulting room and I say it is your body it is your choice but there is actually another body and they yes. have a choice. Yes. And if you wanted it to be your body your choice then 4 weeks ago you should have made that choice. Right. Um and so now it is your body, your choice, but you will have to live with those consequences. Mm-hmm. And can you do that? Mm-hmm. Is that something you're willing to do? Yeah. And then you all can bring them, though, because sometimes I, I recognize and and that a, a woman in that situation is feeling sometimes I'm I'm assuming you know mm-hmm. hopeless, yes, scared, yeah, not seeing a lot of options before them. But see, at this point, when you're having those kinds of conversations, then you can direct them into that. There are other options yes. in this quote-unquote choice, right? I mean, there Yeah, are... and I don't go straight to my body, my choice. Right, <laughs> like, right. definitely have to build that relationship, and I want to know her story. Yeah, yeah. But yes, that's essentially, like, we're talking her language because that's mm-hmm. what she's been And you're acknowledging her. the fact yeah. that in reality, she yeah. could get this abortion. Yeah. I mean, this is a choice she has to make. She's making a decision yep. here. But you're, you know, by the grace of God, trying to steer them in a in the the right decision because yeah. there's a right decision, there's a right choice and a wrong choice in this. And they thing. all come with grief. I'll just tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, being a parent is hard. It's one of the it hardest is, yes. jobs that we'll ever do. If we're yeah. not discipling our kids, then, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> so That's each right. of them come with grief. You just have to pick the one that you're willing to live with. That's right. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on, a biblical case for abortion, a an apologetic for it of sorts, things we haven't talked about. That- yeah, just a couple of scriptures. You know, Psalms one thirty nine. God knit you, yeah. you know, knit me together in my mother's womb, and He knew me before anyone else. Um, and then when John the Baptist knew that yeah. Mary was there with Jesus, and and that those are just really prime examples that those are people already. Yeah. Um, and that we have to value them no matter how small they are. Mm-hmm. Not no matter how small they are, how mentally developed, or their location. Amen. Yeah. Because they're a human being, so they they have their own rights. Yes, they, yeah. And, and uh, no matter those three things. So I always love, it's in Psalm 78, where it talks about teaching our children the law of God so they can rise till the next generation, so that the children yet unborn yes. might know yeah. God's law right. and follow it, rise and tell it to their children. Um, okay, can we land the plane, so to speak, here on this last point uh, of gospel hope, right? And I think this this is a, a, a kind of a pastoral element here, because I'm sure there are women that have, are listening to mm-hmm. this that have had abortions. Um, there are women that come into the the pregnancy center considering abortion or have had an abortion, and ultimately, like we've talked about a lot, their only hope is the gospel. Amen. You know, and um, so... 
a couple of passages. Maybe we can each throw some things out there in terms of, of the hope. I was thinking about uh, in First Corinthians six, right, where where Paul is is lists out this list of sins, right? Or do you not know that the unrighteous will inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, right? You think sexual immorality, adultery, those are often things that are connected to abortion, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God, right? Here's this, this is where you're at, you're under the judgment of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Amen. Right? It doesn't matter, right? The The gospel is for everyone, no matter the decisions you've made, um, and no matter if you've had an abortion or not, right? The, the grace and mercy and forgiveness of God is there. Such were some of you. And so I think, like, I want ladies in our church, others that might be listening to this, to hear that and know, like, there is forgiveness. There is uh, freedom from the the shame and the guilt that is weighed down. It's found only in the gospel. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on that? Yeah. Walking in the light is where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? Um, because then you can reflect that light, and that's what we were put on earth to do is reflect reflect God. So. Yeah. Good. And then I do have one more question. This will yes. be, I'm, I'm assuming quick, but um, Jesus said, the world hates me because I testify against it that its works are evil and that his followers would be hated by the world. And have you, has our pregnancy center here in Grand Junction experienced that at this point, like a hatred from the world because of your stand for righteousness? No, we are so thankful. Yes. Like our community Mesa County, I still say is a rare gem. Um, that we still look out for our neighbor and we haven't had any pushback. So, wow. That's really good. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. This has been really an enjoyable conversation and like encouraging, right. To hear about the good work that is happening at the pregnancy center and even the pro-life movement growing in the state of Colorado and things like that. So we want to say thank you to the people that are listening to the podcast. And we pray that the conversations we have here would first help the members of Calvary Bible Church to be built up as the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. If you're part of another local church, we pray this conversation helps you serve faithfully where the Lord has placed you. If you enjoy the podcast, consider giving us a rating and a review. Only five stars. Those are the only ones that are allowed. And Jamie's going to go give a five star yes. on this episode. She's like, this is the best episode I've ever heard in my life. We also love hearing from you, the interaction with our listeners. So let us know what you think about the show. Send us topics to discuss, questions, comments you might have. Easiest way to get a hold of us, if you're part of our church, you just talk to us in person. Give us a call. Give us a text. Otherwise, you can send us an email at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. Follow us on the socials, Instagram, and X. We are at the Calvary Cast. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. Until next time.